cliffcentral.com Spanish. She is hard for the money. So hard for the money. She was hard for the money, so you better take her right. That's right. Here she is. Good morning, Anthea. How are good you? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. Always a good Excellent. way to start my week. Before we talk about the markets, please mm. can I answer some of our Twitter followers and listeners who mm-hmm. asked me the funniest question last week. Yeah, go ahead. They asked about or they asked, what is incentive distribution rights? I mean, for heaven's sake, who knows what that is? So, we don't I, know? I, well, it's not the kind of question I get from like an ordinary investor, normal hmm. person. It's a very market-specific term, IDR. And basically, asset managers charge for managing your money. So anything from a quarter of a percent to 4% per annum. Um, and some asset managers, particularly hedge fund managers, also Take a share of the profit that they make with your money. Okay. Um, so that's where the term two and twenty for hedge fund managers comes from. Two percent for your annual management fee and twenty percent of the profits they make. Um, and all IDR is is that it's an increasing um, management fee or performance like or commission. profit fee. It's like a commission. Profit sharing, we call it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if it's commission. We charge you an annual management fee. Everybody knows that, right? right. But then sometimes we share profits as well. Um, and so IDR basically starts the manager off at 2%, and as the cash flow or the profits increase, it increases to 20% of the profits. That's all it is. Jesus. Very fancy term <laughs> for very – and all it does really is align the fund manager's um, – Incentives with the investors' incentives. Yeah, so you both want to do well. Exactly. And then you both get a piece of the pie. Okay. That's right. So you see, we get interesting questions from people. They're not asking you boring stuff. Very interesting. I was intrigued by it. So let's get into the markets. Uh, Another crappy week on the JSE. Yes, another week. Two and a half percent down. I mean, I think that's the fifth negative week. But it's not just us. Um, You know, everything took some, all the global markets took pain again last week. And the, particularly the American and Chinese tech stocks, um, which we've seen carry on hitting all-time highs in the last couple of months, are now under pressure. And really, I think it's about what the governments are doing. You know, so uh, Trump and his trade wars, the EU talking about um, Italy and its budget deficit. They're talking about Brexit. Although I must say the Chinese this week started to buy shares, so they're now starting to support their market. And I suspect going forward that the governments will realize that they actually need to do something to lift these stock markets. Or maybe they don't, but I, I suspect that they'll feel obliged to start doing something to change what's going on because it really has been a, a horrific five weeks for us. All right. So are there companies that are breaking the trend? Uh-huh. Look, here's a surprise for you. Tesla. So, <laughs> they reported results last week and you know Elon Musk has had the worst of yeah, times. I mean, they, they were investigated by the SEC. Uh, he was tweeting and causing trouble and people were talking about inside trading. And calling analysts boneheads and all sorts right. of nonsense and saying he's going to take the company private at $420 a share. Right. Then the share fell to below $300 when he started <coughs> going on and telling everyone how he's taking Ambien and uh-huh. crying and on TV and all this kind of nonsense. Um, the problem, of course, is that Tesla hasn't been making money, but last week they replied, they, they released results saying that finally, 
Free cash flow was about $881 million, a complete turnabout, considering that the previous quarters he's been burning through a billion dollars a quarter. Huh? Remember that? Cool. I told you. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> quite something. So it feels like… Um, so are there, are there shares up? Uh, again yeah. over 400? No, unfortunately not, not. It only got to about 330 from below 300. Uh, it's still, it's, at least he's turned the tide. But he's on the right trend, yeah. Okay. And then locally we had clicks stores. They um, Great set of results, actually. Surprisingly so. Diluted headline earnings per share up 15%. Basically, they're growing in every single market category, which is a nice surprise, especially since we saw Discam's results mm. the week before, and those were spectacular as well. So they compare with each other? Um, pretty much. Pretty much in line, yes, I would say. The one thing that's surprising is that Discam – I don't know if you know something called single exit pricing. It's really um, government's way of keeping um, the maximum price on drugs or medications. I should say drugs. <laughs> um so it's it's kind of a policy to keep uh, pricing of medication in kind of. In other max. words, there's an there's an upper limit. There's an upper limit. We call it SEP, single exit pricing. All right. And what's interesting about it is that Discam was saying that they expect SEP to go up by six percent. Clicks expects it to go up by two percent. And I know that sounds small, like four percent differential. Yeah. Um, but actually, in in these um, pharmacy companies, that's huge. Um, so we'll see what's going to happen going forward. Um, if it does go up by 6%, geez, you'll, these, these shares will absolutely skyrocket. There's no doubt about it. Well, won't that also affect companies like Aspen? Yes, right. absolutely. Who's yeah. ha- had also had, had, had a, a terrible dreadful year. time of it. I mean, that share's basically halved mm. in the last, uh, I don't know, three, four months. Yeah. All right. Well, can you tell us about this? Uh, I saw Jack Ma was here over the weekend. Yes, because of the investment summit. How's that? Tell me about this. Fantastically interesting. So two things about Alibaba. The first thing, I think a lot of it really was for the investment summit and we're all very excited because I think Ramaphosa finally feels like he's got it right. You know, he reiterated that the ANC is going to focus on economic growth and job creation, which is fantastic. And hopefully he'll now walk the talk. Um, but he does seem to be because he also said that in this investment summit, he's now managed to acquire or accumulate another 290 billion rand towards his 100 billion dollar investment um, inflow, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because that now brings his total number raised to 55 billion dollars. That's well impressive. Done. He also, had, he also had this to say. And it's wonderful the way that we have seen it evolving here tonight. And so that is great. And the other thing that I learned is the three E's, education, entrepreneurship, and an inefficient government. But what I particularly liked is that we should treat our entrepreneurs as heroes and move away from what we had become fed with and accustomed to here, where we treated our entrepreneurs and business people uh, and called them all sorts of names. We treated them like enemies and uh, white monopoly capital and all that. That must end today. We want to make our business people heroes. Let us see That's quite the something. business people who yeah, are here. How does it feel to go from being well, WMC to a hero? Well, I don't know. I was never WMC. I'm not big enough. But yes, <laughs> white monopoly capital, you can take a, 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 a just uh, take a breather. 
I don't know about the three E's, but my grandfather always believed in the three R's. He said, you can't get through life without the three R's. Reading, writing, writing and arithmetic. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny that writing is also spelled with a W, yes. but, uh, but there we go. All right. Spelling not an R, clearly. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's uh, so that was at the investment summit. So yeah. Jack Ma and Alibaba, what's the other story about that? The other story with Alibaba is that Richmond announced a strategic partnership with them, which is very mm-hmm. exciting. They'll now be offering their Yuke's Metaporter range to the Chinese consumer. I think they already deliver to China, but they're going to make it a very specific um, – yeah platform now they'll launch a mobile app um they'll call it there's also a mr porter like you know neta porter mr porter in china and something called t-mall which is the luxury pavilion they call it and you can only really get onto that if you're invited so that's all about exclusivity i have not been invited to t-mall just yet um but yeah that's um that's kind of the big news there. They, you know, they haven't put numbers to it as yet, or if they have, they probably have. They just haven't released the numbers to us. Um, but I think a great, a great strategic agreement there. All right, very good. And then in smaller company news, because wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. Verimark announced on Monday that they will delist the company. So what, Verimark uh, delisting, that doesn't mean that they are going under, Sia. It just means that they're not going to offer public shares, right? That's right. Because okay. actually, Henry on Monday did a very, very quick, he was so on the ball. Um, the minute he saw it come out, he did a net asset value calculation and realized that the share was trading 25% below net asset value. So if you took kind of all the assets, just the, you know, the tangible stuff, not the non-tangible stuff like brand and mm-hmm. people and all that. Um, and the share jumped 17.5%. Wow. So, yeah. It's a very illiquid share. So it was really hard for the rest of us to keep up with Henry, but you know. Illiquid, what does that mean, Anthony? It means it doesn't trade very much. So the 50 shares he bought, I don't know, he made 500 rand or something. (laughs) Not much, right? That's what I'm saying. You have to work really hard for your money, Sia, is the theme here. So hard for it, honey. Evidently. (laughs) Okay. Um, How about this company, Stadio? So you remember Stadio was spun out of Cura, the education business, yeah? Um, they announced that they're acquiring another higher education business, this time Prestige Academy. They're acquiring 100%. Again, they haven't told us what the numbers are. But this is, um, yeah, I think this is like the 16th higher education business that they've bought or something. So they really are going for it and privatizing higher education or tertiary education in South Africa, which I think is interesting because you know that um, – they're they kind of Curo and Advitech focused, really. They started out in preschools or primary schools, sorry, and then went into higher schools and now focusing tertiary education. Definitely, I think education in South Africa is shifting very much more to the middle class and um, towards kind of the semi-private model, if you like. Government, government clearly not fulfilling the role of free education in the country just yet. No, but that's fine. It means opportunity for other people. Yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty much pretty much it, I think. Yeah, oh, that's a good enough way to start the week. Okay, All right. super. Uh, let's hope that we see an uptick in the uh, stock market this week. Oh, you, please, you, you need some good news. I really do. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Anthea Gardner, the money shot. Cliffcentral.com.